Welcome to episode six of the Indie Star Dog Talk podcast. I am Mac Lanesk. I'm joined by Butler insider Akeem Glasby and Akeem. We are fresh off a 74-64 Butler win in their Big East opener against Georgetown. And Ed Cooley and Greg Doyle saw the same things I have seen in this Butler team. And that's you just walk away impressed with them. They are and that they're a totally different bunch than they were last year. Yeah. Um you know, the way that they've come together so quickly seems to be really leaving an impression on everyone that gets to see them. You know, their their starting lineup, only one person, that's Jalen Thomas, was here last year. And so they have, you know, four new starters and they've been playing really well. And I guess the, the, the most news, I mean, they were 10 point favorite. They win by 10. So they kind of handled their business. But I guess the most newsy thing is, you know, DJ Davis leaves with an ankle injury early in the second half. You know, he tweeted that his ankle's a little swollen and, you know, it seemed like he really couldn't put any pressure on it. So I'd be surprised if he plays on Saturday. But, you know, and he was having his, his best game of the season, you know, 12 points points in, in the first half on um, three or five shooting two of three from three so yeah that's kind of the only negative from the the win would be dj davis's injury yeah and what what i really took away from this game is this is like the second game where like jameel telfort who has been you know their most i think their best player overall so far and i think you had him as the team mvp so far through the quarter of the season you know he struggled through the first half and and a lot of the second half against Cal saved them in overtime. Didn't have his best game here, but when your best player doesn't have his best game and you still win by 10 against a conference opponent, that says that this is a well-put-together, balanced group. And, you know, Pierre Brooks didn't have his best night, but he still scored 13. Um, you mentioned D.J. Davis having his best game so far, but then being injured and landing more than stepping up and playing more minutes. I just think this team looks – it's really well put together. It might be a small rotation, and with injury, it, it might even get smaller. But they're just efficient. They know their jobs, and they're for the most part, they're experienced players, and they know how to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it just shows that, you know, the talent and depth that they have. Because you're right. I mean, last year they struggled with injuries, and when that rotation got – Dinner, um, the, the starters were just asked to play more minutes. I mean, Posh Alexander played 39 minutes, which is a lot. I mean, you don't really want him playing that much. But, yeah, if if um, DJ's out, maybe Posh will play a little more. And obviously, I'd expect Landon and, and Finley to play more. But, yeah, they have just capable Big East players, which, you know, you couldn't always say that they had last year. I mean, again, even Andre Screen had a really efficient game, three for five from the field and played some, you know, solid defense in the post. So, yeah, just the depth that they have. And I guess the chemistry is also what kind of um, is what, le what leaves an impression on opposing coaches and, you know, just how well they play together. Defensively, they had like two uh, shot clock violations which is that's just a strong you know defensive possession when the team doesn't even get a shot off like they they don't even get the ball you know in the paint those they're just they were just really clamped down at times and Posh Alexander is kind of the spearhead of that you know five steals and just kind of uh even Ed Cooley said you know his intensity his attitude has just rubbed off on these guys and they're just playing really well on both ends of the floor yeah you um loyal listeners to dog talk will know about uh your appreciation for Posh Alexander's uh, ability to get steals when no one knows that he's like around. Like you just like you said, like I think last week you said like he'll get one of those a, a week. Uh, he got five steals in this game. Um, and then Greg Doyle wrote that you had, you know, you let him know that this is going to happen with with Posh Alexander. And and like you said, Ed Cooley says like he brings 
some sort of grit and juice that is just infectious to this team. And it's he I think his direct quote was like, they're a totally different bunch than what we saw last year. Like he just brings them to a whole new level. Uh, and that's that says a lot to Thad. Thad's coaching and roster building because like I keep I keep uh, comparing Butler to Indiana because they've had so much turnover, both teams. One has really good chemistry and is gelling, and the other is barely beating Moorhead State at home. You know, not, and that's not the crap on Moorhead State, but you know, they were ten point favorites. They won by one. They were down by fifteen in the second half. You know, so I just think that Thad's coaching job is just uh, and and again, like Ed Cooley is taking notice, and I'm sure other teams in the in the Big East are as well. Yeah, and I mean, I guess look. Looking forward, um, Saturday's game just got a lot more interesting with Providence beating Marquette. You know, that was a huge upset. Um, so, you know, Butler has to travel to Providence. And that I mean, that, that game's going to have huge implications. And, you know, that's a first-year coach in Kim English. And, you know, this could be a statement, win, I guess. I mean, would you consider it a statement win if, Bo- if Butler can go on the road and beat Providence? Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, Providence is 10-2, and two, just like Butler is 10-2. You just mentioned that Providence beat Marquette. They also beat Wisconsin and they beat Milwaukee. So they're like three and zero against the whole state of uh, Wisconsin, which is a little <laughs> odd scheduling from a team from Rhode Island. But what are you going to do? And they also beat Rhode Island um, in a big rivalry <laughs> game for them as well. Um, so, no, it's it's a big game. I mean, it's it's a road game in the Big East. If you win a road game in the Big East, that's not an easy thing to do. But if you do so against a team that's won 10 of their first 12 games, just like Butler has. Yeah, that's that's like your first big resume. I mean, maybe not because they do have like Boise State was a decent win. Um, so like, Butler's resume isn't terrible right now, but a win at Providence probably is their most impressive to this point. Agreed. And then you know, I guess the other you know newsy item was is Connor Turnbull's injury. I mean, he wasn't a staple in the rotation, but I mean, he was someone that I picked as, you know, a potential breakout player, and he suffered an, an elbow injury. He's out indefinite. You know, that gave us a little update. You know, I th- he said it, it, it's like a, a ligament injury, but or, or t- not a tendon. So, you know, it doesn't look like he'll need surgery or anything, but something that needs to heal on its own. So, you know, he's out indefinite. And, you know, no no Bowden Kepke, no Augusto Cassia last night. So, you know, I don't think Turnbull's injury will affect the rotation. But, you know, on the road, you know, you might have to see – you would imagine maybe Cassia or Kapke will get in the game. You know, can they continue being so short on the rotation, especially if DJ's out? Well, the problem is if they get in foul trouble. Yes. If, if they get in foul trouble, they're going to – because, I mean, I think we've proved – like, Telfort can play 32-plus minutes a game. Posh can play 35 minutes a game. Um, Pierre Brooks is, is averaging about that, you know, a game. So he leans in his starters a lot. Now, if you are missing DJ Davis um, – one, you're out your best three-point, or at least your most dangerous three-point shooter um, because he stretches the floor so much. But also, it just means Landon Moore is going to have to play a lot more. I, I think you play Landon more over Finley Bizjack, you know, for those minutes just because you don't really need a backup point guard if Posh is going to play 35 minutes. You said he, he played, what, 39 minutes against Georgetown? Um, so you don't really need a backup, especially when you don't play all of next week. You know, you play Saturday, and then you're off again until, what, January 2nd? So, you know, they can rest their legs after after Providence. But the problem is, if they get in foul trouble, um, then they pretty much have avoided foul trouble all season, haven't they? Like, I, I don't remember a game where, like, Jalen Thomas picks up four and we have to see Andre screen play the whole game. I, like, unless I've 
it, it might have happened, but it just seems like for the most part, they've stayed out of foul trouble. Yeah, uh, there's been games where Andre's had to pick up, you know, some increased minutes. But again, I don't think they want Andre playing, you know, 30 minutes a game. And um, yeah, and then Landon and Finley have had increased minutes at times. But you're right. They've been staying out of foul trouble. And that's something they're going to have to continue to do if they're missing two rotation pieces. Yeah, they only fouled nine times against Georgetown yeah, uh, on Tuesday night. It's pretty crazy. Only nine fouls. Yeah. In a, in a Big East game. Yeah, and Georgetown is definitely better under Ed Cooley. You know, I they were, I would expe- yeah. expect them to win, but that's a game that would have gotten out of hand last year, and they Georgetown continued to fight. Yeah, no, they have a competent head coach right now, and it shows. No, they <laughs> there there were points in that game where it felt like Georgetown was trying, you know, was getting into it. Um, but I think Butler just did a good job. You know, the experience showed um, when you have a a senior point guard who's been through the Big East. You know, like like Posh has. Um, and I thought Pierre Brooks did like he only hit one three, but it was I think I think it was an important one if I remember correctly. Sorry, I was toggling between that and the IU game because they were playing at the same time. I really thought I was <laughs> going to be able to ignore the Morehead Morehead State game, but I wasn't. Um, but what what do you make of Telfort's struggles from the field the last two games? Um, are you are you okay with him? Like he put up seventeen shots. Are you okay with that kind of volume? Yes, because they're still good shots. You know, again, he's someone that can get to the the pain and get to the rim at, at will. So from what I've seen, he seemed he might be a little tired, you know, because a lot of his shots are short, you know, and that means, you know, you, you don't have the energy in your legs to get, you know, the the oomph on the shot that you need. He's he's leaving a lot of them short, a lot of them hitting off the front rim, but he's still getting to the spots that he's, you know, he likes it on the court, you know, that he's successful from on the court. So I wouldn't change anything because, again, uh, you know, against Cal, he started off slow, but he, he his game plan doesn't change. And then eventually those shots start to go in. So I, I wouldn't worry about Jamil. You know, he it, uh, he's shown just to be such a consistent contributor that I wouldn't, you know, stress over the the struggles i mean maybe you know the, a little bit of a break will help them you know the, they obviously have to they have to travel i think they're leaving friday for a saturday game you know it's a i imagine it's not a terrible flight to providence and a noon start though so then you know obviously they don't have a lot of time to kind of get get their bearings and whatnot but you know maybe just a little bit of fatigue showing through for jamil and again he's he's shouldering a lot of load on both ends of the floor so um i don't no worries but you know uh, yeah, a little bit of struggles, but I'm, I'm not worried. Who uh, who was locking down Jaden Epps uh, on on Tuesday night? Because you know this was the their leading scorer. I know he came in off the bench, but he still played 27 minutes. Um, but he was three of ten from the field, did most of his damage really from the free throw line. So who who uh, stepped up in terms of defensive end on that one for Butler? Yeah, well, I would say Posh showed a little bit of the load. I mean, Butler wasn't. Zone at times, so there was kind of a you know everyone was kind of uh, taking a little bit of responsibility based on, on you know where the ball was or who had the ball. But I think Jaden was a little rusty too. I mean Ed Cooley even said that you know he was he just wasn't really himself that he wasn't quite a hundred percent. So yeah, he came in averaging like 16, 17, 18 points a game, and uh, they kind of shut him down. But I I, I think it was a combination of him not being a hundred percent and just uh, some uh, strong on ball defense from the Bulldogs. Okay, are you starting to believe in March Madness with this team? Are you, are you getting there, or do, or is Saturday really the litmus test for you? I would say Saturday would will be a huge litmus test. Um, 
you know, the, the numbers are what they are. You know, if the season were to, to end now, they'd probably just sneak in. I'm sure they'd rather not be on the bubble. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's up to the Bulldogs. You know, if, if they can continue to get those resume wins, that would just give them a little, little bit of cushion. Because, you know, again, this was a 14-win team last year. And granted, this is a completely different team. But, you know, if they reverse it and go 18 and 14, that's, that's a solid season. But is that enough to get them in the tournament? I, I don't know. So, yes, I mean... Uh, they ca- seem to be capable of hanging with, you know, any of these teams in the Big East. You know, obviously UConn and Marquette would be the, the biggest kind of uh, litmus test to see where they really are in terms of the upper echelon of the Big East. Because, you know, I, I did a little Big East primer and, you know, UConn and Marquette are still the, the teams to beat, you know. So that would be a huge kind of statement if they could, you know, because they play them back to back in the Big East. Uh, they have them, UConn at home January 5th and Marquette on the road uh January 10th. So that would be, you know, that would be the true eye opener. Now, if they were to blow out Providence, I'd say, okay, this is a a March Madness team. But I still say they have a little bit left to prove in terms of, you know, just uh, fully punching their ticket to March Madness. And it's also still December. Yeah, no, no, I know it's early. I know it's early, but I'm just saying this was a team. Where were they picked to finish second to last in the Big East the preseason? Is that where? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. To me, this doesn't look like the second to worst last team in the Big East. Now, again, there's a long way to go, but I think people didn't realize what they what Butler had here, what Thad was doing. They might not have been familiar with with Telfort, with Andre Screen. You know, Pierre Brooks is obviously overplaying what he did his first two years at Michigan State. They just seemed like a cohesive unit, and like we say, just a bunch of guys who were confident, and all of them can score, and all of them can shoot, and all of them can play. So it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, this has been episode six of the Dog Talk podcast. Uh, so week, uh, so Saturday, Providence, noon on FS1. Then they're off for a week. I am off starting Friday night through the end of the year. The So this might be the last Dog Talk of 2023. Um, so sorry, Akeem. <laughs> All right. Well, no, uh, sorry to our, our, our listeners, but it's been a, a great first half of the season. And uh, I guess we, we'll be back in 2024.